My fellow Americans, are you tired of the new normal? Are you tired of the lies? Election fraud. You know the thing that the mainstream media and big tech says doesn't exist? It is time to end it. We must keep going. If you can't fly, run. If you can't run, walk. If you can't walk, crawl. But by all means, keep moving. Many of you are sitting here because you're wanting to know what the plan is. This has to be peaceful! We have the right to peacefully assemble! The solution has been in front of us all along. Ask God if you should step into the gap and become a part of the plan. The plan is simple. And so, my fellow Americans, ask not what your country can do for you. Ask what you can do for your country. We are the plan. If you're waiting for others to do the work for you, you're going to be waiting a long time. We are Conservative Daily. Welcome back to the Conservative Daily Podcast. It is the first podcast of 2023, and we thought we'd start it off with a bang. So we are joined today by none other than Seth Keschel. Seth, welcome to the show. Joe, good to be back. I feel like I haven't been on since last year or something like that. <laughs> Happy New Year. Happy New Year to you as well. 2023, it's hard to believe that it's been this long since 2020, which really drove so many of us into this role that we're in today. Yeah, and it, it I feel like 2023 is the year of reckoning. I feel like it's a year that is going to be very, very good and that the the left has been propping up things for so long. And now it's just a, a matter of time until we get to a place where it's fixed. Do you, how do you feel about I that? Agree. I agree with that. <clears throat> you know, if you're, a, if you're a business mind like you are, then you can only statistically go so long with circumstances not going in your direction. I've been pretty steadfast in my explanations of how the American Revolution came to be. It, it was uh, something that really started not long after the French and Indian War. Then in 1770, you had the Boston Massacre. And then it took six years for the colonies to declare their independence. And then it was not like George Washington was a military hero immediately. No. He lost a lot of key battles. And in 1776, when he crossed the Delaware and defeated the Hessian garrison, he was really up against the wall. A lot of people were were confident that the colonies were getting ready to fall apart. The British were celebrating up in New York City, drinking themselves stupid, waiting for the capitulation to be. And then in 1777 and 78, the British dominated the battlefield again. And it wasn't until 1779 that the colonists split the battles 50-50. And after that, it was a momentum game downhill from there, and it took a few years for the British to So those who thought that we were going to get in and row the boat straight to fix the election, unfortunately, even if it's good, it's not, not an easy thing about corruption. Well, you know, it's funny that you talk about how long it took, and you were a um, captain in the military? Correct, yes. And part of going to, um, part of becoming an officer is that you're, you read strategy books, war strategy books, you talk about war strategy. And some of the things that we're facing today, that we're going through today, have a lot to do with how we can create shifts in that strategy so we're meeting them head on 
I do believe it's a it's a fight between good and evil. But Seth, as we as we walk into 2023, one thing I think is clear, and that is people have an appetite for truth. People are constantly pursuing it. They just don't chase it in the right places. So what what does that mean? They don't chase it in the right places. Because as people listen to this, I want people to understand that 2023 is not about sitting back and waiting and oh, finally it's gonna happen. Everybody says it's gonna happen. It's gonna take some of them working the problem collectively, correct? Correct. And what I meant by that was that people are always looking for a fix. They're looking for a short-term fix for happiness or for success. And that's really where you see a lot of these New Year's resolutions. There's nothing wrong with goal setting. In fact, most people will understand that writing down your goals is a really good way, a good beginning of getting to those goals, but it requires following through. You know, if you're looking at a fitness routine, it requires you got the flu and you had to take two weeks back and you're going to have to get back and rebuild, but you're going to have to get after it. You're going to have to be content to start from the bottom level once again. So what that means now is we're looking for the truth. People want the truth. And then when the truth wasn't fully revealed by January the 20th, 2021, a lot of people jumped off and gave up. And then it's it's more of the same. We have the same issues happening, but incrementally, these battles are actually going in our favor. 72% of Americans agreed with Gary Lake lawsuit statement that the election in Arizona not only was stolen, but it was deliberately done so, and the voters in Arizona were disenfranchised by their own government. And after two days of the trial, then you've got probably 80% of Americans that now see that this is a critical problem. So you've reached a point. Katie Hobbs is absolutely, if the if the appeals don't go in Terry Lake's favor, Katie Hobbs absolutely, and you saw it on my predictions, will face a recall election in 2023. And this will continue to go. Maricopa County, of course, in the 2024 election is going to have to go back to the same playbook to defraud their election, even though they think they may never be caught. Now everybody's going to be watching. So gradually things change. So they don't, people don't often pursue truth in the right place, meaning sometimes we have to dig deep, have some resolve, and continue to yeah so you, you talk about katie hobbs we need to readjust the sound uh zach so let's figure out how we can make it better um because you're coming through a little a little grainy and maybe we just start evening out the the video feed and see if that actually does it um so so, so let's talk about the katie katie hobbs and carrie lake issue i knew on thursday before the judge made his ruling at the very end, I knew for a fact Carrie Lake was going to lose that just based on how the judge acted and based on how he responded to things that any normal person would have responded to if they were, uh, if, if they didn't have a dog in the hunt, so to speak. And I said, Carrie Lake's going to lose this, this battle. As we head into the, the appeal that, the facts are pretty damning that the media is stacking up saying there's nothing to see here in order to protect these judges, um, uh, the, these uh, judges' rulings. But when I went back and read the judges' rulings in Arizona, I couldn't find any sort of statement of fact related to law that was even quoted in the ruling. Am I wrong in that? No, the most damning thing that is written in the judge's ruling that came out on Christmas Eve relates to a government official's statement. So if the, per, if the defendant is acting in the role of the government official, 
So we're we're suing Stephen Richer, the Maricopa County recorder, not Stephen Richer for something that's not related to his government performance. They are given benefit of the doubt because they are the government official in which their testimony weighs more than someone's affidavit that there was wrongdoing. Now, I wrote in an article that I'm all about innocent until proven guilty. That's the bedrock of our of part of our legal system. So this is not rushing out saying that we need to not conduct the trial, but we've got a problem where judge Thompson sees the daylight in which he can punt the case. And he's already said that both of the parties, no matter who gets the decision, the loser will appeal the decision. So there's your out right there to throw it in there, realizing that there's going to be an appeal. But in the process, there was the school of thought that this, is, this trial is only for show, that this is to make people think that the government's doing their due diligence, that the court is doing their due diligence, and they're going to kick it out. But in my opinion, that's a critical mistake if that was the case. So much evidence was shown. People were absolutely, even the most foolish people about election fraud, were surprised at how much solid evidence and testimony came out of that very short window of time in the trial. So now you've got to be completely dense and obtuse to act like these elections well, I think that there's a, a certain amount of capitulation that's happened on even the government side. We have we have government leaders that were talking about election fraud that are moving on from it. They're moving on from talking about the machines, moving on from talking about uh, the mail-in ballots and how it literally uh, steals the voice of the American people. It should not be convenient, by the way, and there should be full transparency, and there isn't in this process. So why is there not more of an appetite, Seth? collectively for us to come together and say, look, all the problems we're facing today directly relate back to the stealing of elections and the stealing or the use of mail-in ballots. And we've proven the fraud. Why is it that people are now, after seeing it, leaders, call them leaders, even people that are in government not coming out by by the dozens or the thousands by sa- and saying, all right, let's just go back to mail-in, or excuse me, go back to in-person voting uh, on paper, uh, hand count at the precinct level, make and, and solve the problem of people not being able to get there by making it a national holiday. Why is there no appetite to solve the problem that will solve so many other down down uh, uh, stream problems that we face? I'd say that's a pretty easy one. I've always resented the statements. If we could just throw out these 8,000 ballots here, or these 12,000 ballots, then maybe Donald Trump would win Arizona. It's not about that. If you could right. throw out 362,000 fraudulent ballots in Arizona, Donald Trump would win the state by 12 points. So if people really had a view, if they could truly determine what the actual political nature or makeup of their states were, let's say we could go back 30 years and see what New Jersey actually votes like. We're very myopic when discussing these elections. Yes. I think that the political, the political so-called leaders don't want to dig into this issue because should the truth of our elections and the actual makeup of our representation be revealed for what it should be, then it would convict them for their inaction over decades and implicate them. I think one of the biggest issues you see with red states not wanting to get into election integrity is they probably, the new rhino machine that dominates pretty much every Republican state, would probably be shown to manipulate their own primaries to make sure they don't lose them to your businessmen and your activists and your Second Amendment guys. And all of a sudden, we've lost the ability for people like Dave Rack to knock off their primaries. Now the established figures, even though Congress has a 90% approval rating, seem to win all of their primaries and go on to win re-election. In yeah. the middle of a populist boom. Yeah, and and then it brings me to the next uh, issue that, I mean, obviously 2022 ended with uh, kind of a fizzle when it comes to Brazil. Uh, Bolsonaro uh, fled to Miami, and uh, 
Lula was sworn in as the president of Brazil, much, much to the people's disdain. And yet it continues. Is, is there really an appetite going into 2023 that leaders are willing to stand up like the George Washingtons of the world and others that were willing to make sacrifices? Unfortunately, the political leaders appear to have shown their cards. There's only a handful of reps that are out there, U.S. reps, Republicans, or even state reps that are willing to talk about the election integrity issues. They continually have their districts redrawn. If you look at Wisconsin, Janelle Branchen, she's one of about two or three important voices in Wisconsin on the elections issue. And she's had to fight her own party to even remain in the state house. We have a lot of issues with people that, that talk a good name about elections or they say election integrity without really dotting the I's and crossing the T for what would actually bring us the solution. So, no, I don't think that outside of a handful of people, there's an appetite for Republican leaders to discuss this issue. They seem to think that we can just go ahead and outrun election fraud. And by the way, Joe, I put that out on Telegram a few days ago that you and Dave Clements were proven correct. But no amount of table etiquette about protests or demonstrations is going to cause a court to rule in a favorable manner. Yeah, I'm I'm committed to 2023 being a year where the people realize the power that they hold. Um, you know, there are groups now that are coming together saying that we're going to stop paying taxes, and uh, I see one of those groups has nearly uh, 430,000 people that have joined in on it. Uh, what what happens, Seth, if we go into 2023 and we just defund the government? I think the biggest issue with those revolts that you mentioned, the tax revolts, is that 100,000 people or 200,000 people or however many people say, hey, that sounds like a great idea. And then, when it comes to, and then when it comes to following through on it, 40 people follow through. Yeah. And then 40 people get busted for tax evasion. And then nobody wants to try it again. So nobody wants to be the tallest blade of grass or the nail that sticks out of the wood the furthest. So as a result, not enough people band together and do anything like that to make a difference, to make it to where it can be felt. We hear that all the time. If, if people just quit paying taxes for six hours, then the government would go upside down bankrupt. But that's not, whatever happened. That's not what happens on the execution. So I'm beginning to wonder, and, I, and in light of these predictions I wrote, I'm beginning to wonder if basically something breaking so badly that it has to be reconstituted is the only way we're going to get around the issue. And there's well, a lot of danger in that because we have Cloward Piven as a theory as well. Yeah, yeah. And if we talk, I mean, look, if we talk about breaking it so badly it needs to be reconstituted, you use the word constituted, and we want to talk about the Constitution. I believe that as they break things, that's what they're looking for. I believe that that's the push towards breaking something so severely that you have to rewrite the Constitution. And in that, I think rights will be lost and blood will be spilled. So as we, as we look at this, because the government now is $30 trillion in debt, I want to know what are your predictions for 2023? And then I want to go back in time, all the way back to 1923, and talk about what happened back then and what do they predict in 2023. So what are your predictions for 2023? So the first one that I wrote in yesterday's article, skeschel.substack.com, this is a free article for everybody who subscribes to that journal. Election integrity is and will remain king among political issues, especially on the right. 
it's beginning to become an issue on the left. We've got a number of Democrats that have stepped up. But, you know, I went to vote at this precinct with my spouse. We both voted for me. And at the count, there were no votes for me. So that's something that begins to manifest at the Democrat grassroots as well. But we're not really there yet. That is the key issue. I mentioned the numbers from Carrie Lake's lawsuit. That is what people are paying attention to. It also is the double-edged sword of something that may push people away from the political process when they no longer believe that their votes count. And we've seen that at the micro level in certain states where people don't even bother to show up to vote because it's such a lopsided state. Right. So that's my first prediction is that election integrity, not only does it remain as a political issue, it's still the hottest issue that's actually out there. And there are no real political issues to even discuss if we don't have legitimate elections. We can have all the business policy and all the fiscal policy we want. We can talk all the good lines about the border. We can mention all those great things about limiting and, and ending human trafficking. But until we have the confidence that our votes are legitimate, I think everybody could get over a lost election if the election was legitimate. We just go back and campaign harder and, and get our points across better. And that's another reason why I'm not sold on we have to learn how to ballot harvest and we have to learn how to to early vote because I think the cheaters will just find a way to vote for a long period of time to overcome the fifty thousand ballots that harvest. Right. So now, so yeah. So your second prediction, and I did read your Substack on this, which I thought was awesome, by the way. We'll put it inside the comments so that everyone can go sign up and follow Seth on his Substack. But uh, this is number two is pretty a pretty bold prediction. Florida will overtake Texas as the king Republican state, and it probably already has. I don't really even mean that by votes won by or percentage won by, but in terms of prominence, in terms of how people feel when they mention the Republican Party or the conservative movement. It used to be Texas, Texas, Texas. And a lot of people would say that, not understanding that Texas is a suburban state. 88% of the population of Texas is urban or suburban. So with that, you are more likely to get a more moderate Republican brand of government anyway. Texas has always benefited yeah. from legend of cowboy boots, rattlesnakes, and guns. But Texas today, as you're familiar, is a very suburban state full of concrete. And what's going on now is a combination of you do have some legitimate political, not much, but some. You have much more urbanization, whereas Collin County is very rural and produced 70% Republican vote shares. Now it's probably 58 or 60. So some of that's organic. A lot of it is election manipulation and a failure to pay attention to this. Carbon destruction. All right, so when we talk about Florida overcoming it as the king Republican state, um, there was a couple things that happened in Florida related to election fraud. Now, all the pundits said that that didn't happen, that he didn't limit uh, mail-in ballots, but he did. They also said that it, you know there's things that he didn't do that manifested into 1.6 million votes, more votes for him than he did over the previous election four years earlier. Seth, I don't believe he got rid of the fraud. I believe that he put so many things in place to be able to watch it, you know, the election police and everything else, that they just didn't want. But why was Florida so different than the world, than the national stage? Why was it so different? He was doing the things on the ground in order to limit fraud. I don't believe he got rid of it because he still has the machines. But why, why, how do you have Florida sit out as an anomaly among the rest of the, uh, the, rest of the country? How'd that happen? Well, if you really want to I know it's get machines. down but go ahead. Sure. If you, if you really want to get deep into the what if this happened, 
sphere of things, then perhaps Florida's election was allowed to run as organically as possible compared to the rest of the nation. Because it would not surprise me in a clean election environment if Florida was legitimately double digits Republican. Right. They have some they have something going on there called a coalition shift. And that is when a large number of this party's voters begin voting overnight for this other party. It's happened in places like Northern Virginia where these soft moderates that voted for squish Republicans all of a sudden overnight for Obama became Democrats. The state flipped. Then you had the same thing in Texas back in the 90s where these Southern Democrats all of a sudden become social conservative Republicans and the state flips overnight. Texas turned red over a period of 20 years, starting presidentially and then going into the legislature. But Florida is undergoing a coalition shift of working class minorities, particularly Venezuelans and Cubans, but also black men to the Republican Party. They are not backfilling white liberal Democrats fast enough to replace those losses. So what you have is a slightly Republican state. Now it's actually Republican in voter registration for the first time in history. But you had maybe a slightly Republican-leaning state that's a toss-up at the presidential level that's becoming a couple-point Republican, and now with, with the increase in conservatives moving there, plus the minorities that live there voting Republican, you have the big move. And if you want to truly frame a competitor to President Trump in 2024, you allow Florida to move to R plus 15 or R plus 18 and then have the rest of the country have manipulated elections to give a contrast like that. But yes, there are some legitimate reforms Mm -hmm. that has helped Florida, like ballot harvesting is now a felony. That's a big time discouragement for a heavy mail vote state to have the secret sauce for amping up mail vote turnout in play. And then also there's the creation of an election crimes unit which is uh, the threat at any moment we might pop into what John Loudon, Dr. Gina's husband, mm-hmm. calls the boiler rooms, where they go in if, after the fact and, and push out the ballots. Florida's laws also allow for a more transparent election in which they count the mail votes first, so they're not sitting there for days counting mail votes. So, Florida's so th- got three times more votes than Arizona, eight times more than Nevada, and 30 times more than Alaska, and has their votes counted by midnight. Yeah, so they, they um, 14 days before the election, they can open those mail-in ballots. They can be counted up to seven days before the election. So their, their laws are more geared towards making sure that we have a finite result at the end of the night, whereas other states just looked incompetent, right? I mean, we, we look at the Correct. difference between Arizona and Florida. <clears throat> I want to, there, there's so many other things to talk about inside of your, um, here we go. Let me go back to it real quick. Skip, maybe later. Okay. Number three. Number three, the Blue State Blues. That's what I, That's what Breitbart began calling it, Blue yeah. State Blues. The, the sadness and depression associated with the perpetually blue states. The Blue State Blues will intensify. So we have had a gradual loss of population from the block of reliably blue states, especially the large ones, in which government mandates and top-down bureaucracy hit even harder. That's your New Jersey's, New York's, Illinois's, and California's of the world. So those will intensify. And since 2021, since the lockdowns, 17 states have lost population net. And 11 of those states are states that Biden won or supposedly won. And they, of course, are moving generally to Republican states, especially North Carolina, Georgia, Florida, so, so Arizona, those- Texas. Are those Republicans that are moving to those states or that are leaving California? Or is it a mixed bag? I mean, how do you feel about the diversity between the two? I mean, Democrats, Republicans. It's a, mixed, it's a mixed bag, but it's mostly a Republican based on party registration numbers from North Carolina and Florida. 
Arizona, of course, has a Republican lean yeah. in registration as well in the last year. But Republican registrations are through the roof, which suggests to me that probably this is probably a two to one ratio at least of Republicans leaving these blue states. But what this what this also means is it impacts our electoral college, which the federal government minimized the damage to blue states in the last census and of course held down the growth of red states. So Trump's electoral college hand from twenty twenty, even with the fraud, is worth three votes more now in the electoral college than it was two years ago. And it might be four if Nebraska passes the winner take all bill present in their legislature, which would be a good thing. The, the winner takes all for the electoral college votes. Yes, Nebraska and Maine are the only two states that split electoral votes. In Nebraska, Biden supposedly won their second congressional district, which is centered on Omaha. I think that Trump carried that vote, but that would add one more Republican electoral vote because Nebraska is always going to go red statewide. So, Seth, you, you, we look at a map, and the map of the United States looks predominantly red with small pockets of blue all around. So we're, we're a largely conservative country that is run by this blue narrative. Um, do we think that what's happening in Seattle, Portland, Los Angeles, do you think that people are going to stop voting party-wise to say, hey, look, I'm a liberal, I need to stay with liberals? Or do you think they'll abandon that to get back to more of a sensibility where there's accountability in their, in their uh, areas? I mean, and by the way, I don't think you can outvote the machines. I'm just going to tell you right now. 2023 is the year to get rid of the machines and rid of mail-in ballots, period. I think that's the put. That has to be the one thing that we concentrate on, in my opinion. But do, do you think people are going to start abandoning and revolting against the, 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 this lunacy that we're facing? This episode of Conservative Daily is brought to you by DCF Guns. They're not just a supporter and a partner of the show. They're an organization that is on the front line of promoting safe and responsible gun ownership. Along with being a staunch defender of the Second Amendment, they have a lot of different things inside of their three ranges and stores. So they have a gunsmith at every location. They have the ability to do massive amounts of training, uh, anything from beginners all the way up to uh, competitive shooting. Um, they're also the best gun store in Colorado. Uh, between a mar massive arsenal of top-tier firearms and competitive pricing on ammunition, they're a go-to resource for newcomers and expert shooters alike. Memberships there start for as little as $25 a month and offer an arsenal of benefits beyond that, such as store-wide discounts and special access to training. Even better, what you're seeing right now is DCF Guns also has an e-commerce option, meaning you can take advantage of the awesome prices without leaving your home. Just visit dcfguns.co and start browsing. I do want to tell you that as a listener of conservative-daily.com, you get an additional 5% off everything in the store. You have to use discount code Joe. That's J-O-E. That's discount code Joe. Go to dcfguns.co and use discount code Joe. J-O-E. That's me. Or it's coffee, cup of Joe. Um, but you can go there and save an additional 5% off every single thing on the site. Um, as always, we'll keep the range hot and the deals hotter only at DCF Guns in Castle Rock and Colorado Springs and now online, available to everyone across the entire country. I think they already have. My, my numbers for the 2020 election suggest that Trump carried the Electoral College by a minimum of 322 to 216, likely higher, and also had the popular vote by at least 5 million, with a number of strong blue states within 5 or 6 points. So I believe that the votes 
have already lined up because in every political cycle since we've begun tracking political science events and circumstances impact the way people vote of course until now we're led to believe that we have unprecedented national decline yeah. where a super majority of americans believe that our kids and their kids will have a worse future than we have than we than our parents thought that we would have that's the first time in American history, but now all of a sudden we're supposed to believe that we're voting for the people that are taking us, especially in states like California or in Washington or New York. Things are constantly screwed up. Every right. single state in the history of this country in a governor's election or in a presidential election has eventually said, we're going to vote the opposite direction than we normally vote because things are so messed up here. Every blue state has once gone hardcore Republican and vice versa until now. Now we're trapped in the 2004 yeah. political again. Yeah, so, it, Seth, before we get back to number four, and there, I, you know, again, I think your predictions, we're going to put them up so everyone can see them. These are, these are very powerful predictions that, that center on consequences to stolen election in 2020 and 2022. Now, let, let's talk about the unity that does not still exist two years later, that we haven't been able to... And by the way, I'm, I've, I've taken shots at, at Javon Pulitzer uh, because I'm, I was in tech. So, and, and a large part, I've contributed to it because I was, I'm pissed off at the fact that we, we, fall, we, we seem to follow each other off a cliff and we don't hold each other accountable. Do you think in 2023 we're going to get to a place where we can at least unify and set, a, set aside egos and get to a place where we, we have hard conversations about what is truth? You think that'll happen in 2023? You think we can get to that place? Yes, I think that most people are already there. I think that more so than anything else, I think people realize that results, and that's one of the great things about the Trump era, is that I don't care what he tweets about. I don't care about what anyone's problems in the past are if they're going to fix our country or bring about policy that brings in positive change, then that's good. So I'm a Christian. I struggle a lot of times with intolerance towards bringing in somebody you don't 100% agree with who's on point with things. I think the military mindset is we work constantly with people we don't like because the mission is the most important thing. So I do think already most people in this movement are capable of understanding that we all bring different things. But I think naturally with the A-types that are involved in this movement, or the, it takes a lot to stick your head out there, no matter whether you're very prominent in the movement or a regional type person. You know, you are 100% one of the very few relative people yeah. willing to have your name associated with your views. You have to watch every single word that you put out there. Everything, yep. single thing you speak into a microphone, they're going to seize on. So, Joe, you're going to put out 99% of what you have to say is constructive, positive, and relatively benign. And then the one statement that you make accusing somebody of something that's what is seized on and taken out of context right so i think combined that with with two years of relatively little results they're coming the groundwork is being laid you have a balkan powder keg that explodes so i think the best thing to do is to have more unified control and make sure that we have goals that are palatable and action yep. we need clean registrations we need to make sure that we have as much restriction as possible on absentee slash mail-in voting. And then we need transparency. And if we can get there, it doesn't matter if we like each other. 
Well, and I and I think that that's you know, the unified mission, right? Can we stay on mission? The mission always has to come back to it. To me, it does not matter who the president is or who is elected into office. The consequences come on both sides of the fence, right? But what does matter to me is that the people's voice is actually heard. And and frankly, I always said, if the country says that they want to vote for communists, communism, then God bless you. All right, let's do it, right? Because the people's voice has to carry. Now, I don't believe in communism. I think it would kill a lot of people. So, but what I do think is that the second that we go to this non-transparent black box, the, the election machines are absolutely changing. I don't want to say changing the vote. They're just they're they're the machine that allows the gas to feed through it. Mail-in ballots are the gas. Ballot print companies, by the way, are owned by the same people that own the machine companies. I, don't, I mean, you probably know that the PE firms that own. Mm-hmm. They own Stellar, they own uh, Cathedral, they own uh, Runbeck, they also own Dominion, ESNS, Smartmatic, uh, all the way down line. They're all the same people. So I believe that the cabal is a real thing, and it's run by these small group of people that that, that are basically uh, they own our country. But and I would also agree with you on that. But with the mail-in balloting for people that trust mail-in voting, every now and again I'll find people just like I had a, an argument with somebody about Ukraine the other day. I am totally in favor of anybody that feels like going to fight for Ukraine. They can go over to Eastern Europe and go fight for Ukraine. I don't think that that requires me to approve of our tax dollars by the 45 billion of them in an omnibus going to support Ukraine. Likewise, if you trust mail-in voting, then put $500 of cash in an envelope, mark it as cash on the envelope, mail it to yourself. I bet there wouldn't be a whole lot of people that take that challenge. Yeah, I would agree. I would agree with that. All right, I want to press back into this because number four, which is really what I was talking about, of your predictions. Number four, remaining blue state patriots, those who do not leave California, Washington, New York, they will revitalize the freedom movement. So one of the things that has occurred to me since the 2020 election, I used to be the kind of guy, hey, should should we go on a, a ski vacation this year? Well, do you want to go to Colorado? No, I don't want to go to Colorado. It's run by, you know, crazies. Do you want to go to New York? It's No, it's run by crazies. Well, our elections are not legitimate or transparent in any state, not in Oklahoma, not in Hawaii, not in California. So yeah. I've noticed in election forums and events, some of the most raucous involved crowds and groups of patriots you'll find are in Washington. They're in Oregon. They're up in New Jersey and New York. These are people that are absolutely sick and tired. You can find them in Los Angeles, California. They're sick and tired of living in what they've lived in. And also, I've got half of the time to go move to one of these blue states. They've been in the darkness longer than these red states that are going into them, right. where I think that they're probably more likely to throw off the shackles first. So uh, the election has really opened my eyes to the way that we've always talked about folks that are from California. Yeah. You know, these Californians, I hope they don't move to my state and change my state. Well, guess yeah. what? They're not actually voting for that crap, at least not yeah. everywhere in their state. And remember, we do have an excellent sponsor of the show, and that is Air Medicare Network. So today's podcast is, again, sponsored by Air Medicare Network. And if you live in a rural area that's hard to reach by road or if you like to hike or spend a lot of time outdoors or do uh, you know dangerous things like some of us like to do that may require some emergency medical attention, we all want to make sure that our family is protected in a medical emergency uh, and health insurance will not always cover the cost of an emergency medical flight if, in fact, you do need one. 
But with Air Medicare Network, you are covered. For as little as $85 a year, not only you, but your entire household will be covered in case you ever need air medical transport. Uh, this is a super, super good deal, very low cost, and it's insurance that if you need it, you do want to make sure that you have it. I know people personally who have had to cover those costs, and believe me, they are very expensive. So simply visit airmedcarenetwork.com slash daily and use promo code daily. Receive up to a $50 Visa gift card back when you sign up today. That's airmedcarenetwork.com forward slash daily, and promo code is daily. Go check them out. So that's something that I think is critical for not giving up the fight. And I think that blue state patriots have more zeal and more spirit to them than a lot of these passive conservative states that think that they're safe do. Yeah. So we, we, uh, number five is actually the, I think the most powerful thing. And I'm going to read this if I can, um, dissidents will become the new counterculture. I want everybody to pay attention to this because Seth, this was so well crafted. So well written, because this is this is truth. Election fraud, at least until now, has masked the truth of how society feels about the tin pot bureaucrats who wrecking one county or state at a time. Since Elon Musk began the radical transformation of how Twitter conducts its operation, dissident comments on pages belonging to political criminals like Katie Hobbs are no longer scrubbed and censored and paint a much different reactionary picture than we were led to believe by fake polling and news coverage. The success of states like Florida, which have long been regarded as disregarded the virtue signaling way, ways of other states along with the eastern seaboard, have become obvious and undeniable and appeals to far more than the standard suburban Republican voter base of the past four decades. As the U.S. government continues to tighten the screws on everyday Americans with enough cash to send by the tens of billions to Ukraine and its officials live, uh, uh, live a life of largest resentment with the ruling class will grow and every form of virtue signaling will be soundly mocked and rejected and rightfully so. Whoa. Because I think that epitomizes what we face is that we ha- can't see what truth is because they have done such a good job of shadowing truth in all of these lies. 100%. There's not enough white liberals to go around to keep those lies going. A lot of people... Even people that know better now, when COVID broke out, we're like, okay, fine, you're saying two weeks. And then two weeks later, your factories kick everybody off their jobs because now they're behind, they can't pay the payroll. So a lot of people right out of the bat, right off the bat, lost their jobs because they thought that they were doing a favor to society by staying home for two weeks. And then it continued. Then the lockdowns continued, but the elites did not have to suffer the lockdowns. Right. Gretchen Whitmer in Michigan, she had carve-outs for her husband to go enjoy their cabin on at the Great Lakes, and she had plenty of selective policies in place. And now we see it, it's a politically expedient tool. Of course, they used it first to make sure that mail ballots were available everywhere. They did so illegally, going around state legislatures. And, you know, we've got really two and a half years of virtue sickness that's been going on that people are sick of. I'll tell you what, these working class minorities are, are wide awake to the reality of what they're being forced to deal with. Yeah, Seth, I don't know why you're frozen, but absolutely right. Absolutely right. And I, and I, and I think that as we start to look at, I don't, I don't know why, why is Seth frozen? Guys. Yeah, I'm going to pop back in. Okay. As, as, we start, as we start examining what is happening across the country and we start talking about the fact that dissidents becoming a new counterculture and what 
Seth said was so true. I want to talk about what happened in 2019. Justin Trudeau in 2020 was worth $10 million. He was worth $10 million. Any guess what he is worth today? Does anybody here want to guess what, what Justin Trudeau of Canada is worth today? We have Seth back. All right, let's bring him back in. Seth, we were talking about Justin Trudeau and what he was worth in 2020 and what he's worth in 2022, at the end of 2022. He was worth $10 million in 2020. Any guess what he is worth today? $50 million. I am not, I don't know. Keep going. $100 million. Keep going. Well, you're going to make me search it real quick. $355 million. Yeah, well, maybe he's just saving his government pay and putting it in good funds to increase that. He makes $330,000 a year. How do you go from being worth $10 million to being worth almost $400 million? How is that possible? Well, our, senator, our senators and reps in Washington, D.C., one of the highest rent areas in the country, they make 174000 a year. So why are they all super rich? Talk about- Sounds to me like there's a lot more at stake for winning your elections than just a $174,000 salary. I, th- I would say so, and I, and I would say that th- th- this is why I get to, can't we just, can, is it going to take, is 2023 going to take a radical shift in how we handle people in our society collectively, I mean, in order to say we're going to evict you, we're going to come in and we're just throwing you out. We're, we're no longer going to follow a process that is designed to take away from us. And, and look, I, I don't know what that means. But I do know that if in 2023 we come together collectively and we, we just have it out, like if, if, if we want to get 250 uh, leaders, influencers, whatever you want to call them, in some r- one room, and everybody's like, well, I don't like Joe, and I don't like David, and I don't like Seth, and I don't like – and we just say, all right, here's some boxing gloves. There's the ring. Get it out. You beat it out of, your ch- of each other. Because at the end of this, we got to get to getting it on, right? we got to get to focusing on someone other than ourselves when it comes to the fight into the future. That's a hundred percent true, and, and it's always been it's always been the case because we we've always thought prior to twenty twenty, we thought that conservative ink was on our side. Now it's right. pretty obvious that there's not just rhinos and patriots. You also have this middle wedge called I call them conservative ink, where we we openly talk about the rhinos. We don't like them, but we also think that the elections are still legitimate enough that if we try harder and are smarter and we we don't say this or that or we vote by mail, then we're going to win. So, you know, the, the political side of things has kind of run aground. Now, we the people is out there as well. And every single nation that has been around for a long time has gone through periods of, of disruption. Every single one. Nobody wants to see happen in America what has happened throughout history, although I would consider some of those things to be inevitable. The question is when and how. How do those things begin? When do they begin? So I think that we've, we've reached a point of understanding courts are not a reliable option, whereas they used to present evidence, solid evidence, it's obvious there's a solution that's favorable. Political solutions, they're not reliable either. So what is that leap short of something new, something different? Yeah. I think I think that's where we get to that's where we get to um, making sure that we work the problem going into 20, 2023. And I think that's why you know, we have to be paying attention and, and this, this uh, ability to give up, like, oh, there's nothing we can do about it. Let's just live with it. It's just, it's not an, it's not an American ideal. That, that ethos doesn't exist in our blood.
and I wish doesn't you... exist in mine. But in the in the grand scheme of things, you know, once you're out of the once your toothpaste is out of the tube, where else do you have to go? No, you you don't. Well, you can read the rest of Seth's uh, um, uh, um, predictions, but Seth, run through the last uh, five, if you would, really quickly. Um, so point number six, I mentioned separatism out in the open. Some people call that balkanization. We have that underway already. There's a number of states that are looking to break off of the mother state, sort of like in Oregon. You see people in Oregon wanting to break away from the rest of the state and join Idaho. You have the new California movement. You have the you have a movement there in northeastern Colorado that wants to break away from the rest of Colorado. That would be Weld County. And then you have lately in Oklahoma a state amendment being proposed to call Oklahoma a sovereign state, which there's absolutely nothing incorrect about the proposed amendment. But that will, if it's passed, it will eventually come into conflict with what the federal government wants, and that will create another potential nullification crisis like there was almost 200 years ago that almost started the Civil War 30 years yeah. early. So, so, so Point number seven. Yeah, okay. Go ahead. Go ahead. No, no, no. I, I think you're right. I just I just don't know what how – I don't know what a pathway would look like for that to not be putting a lot of hot air into into things. I don't, I don't believe that th- that – that friction will will be honored or, or lead to a path that'll that could happen. The only state that I think can is Texas. And it'd be interesting to see if they have actually tried to do that. Sure. Well, point number seven: Katie Hobbs will face a recall election. This is contingent on the courts not siding with Carrie Lake in the appeals process. Now, we hope for the best in that, but I think we've seen what the courts are capable of doing in this country. So, if Katie Hobbs becomes Arizona's governor then I am very confident that she will face a recall election. She has to hold office for six months before the recall can be filed. Then once it's filed, she gets a notification of a recall election and has five days to decide whether or not she wants to resign. And if she chooses not to resign, then she faces a recall election. Now, a lot of people would think that the opponent would by default be very late. I'm not so confident based on my following prediction because my eighth, well, my ninth prediction involves her. Now, before I get to number nine, number eight, I list the Republican runners-up. So we are now in the 2023 time frame. The field is generally out there by the middle of the year leading up to a presidential election the year before. So I expect expect by midsummer we will have these Republicans and Republicans out in the field. And that would be Nikki Haley, Larry Hogan, Mike Pence. Those are three that I'm very confident are going to be announcing. Uh, Larry Hogan is Maryland's governor. He's on his way out. He actually had some of the worst lockdowns in the country. He's been a vocal Trump critic and also of people that support anything other than Beltway Rhino Republicanism. And then we have Nikki Haley, of course, who tries to straddle both sides of conservative Inc. and also the Rhino Republican Party. She's going to do very poorly. Mike Pence, Pence's, had Pence fought for the election in 2020, he would have a clear path to, to yep. run for great things one day. I think that he's toast. I think he's at best probably like John Kasich in 2016, 2017, where he hangs around. 2015, 2016, where he hangs around, doesn't really win anything, distant second place. And the last two names I've mentioned on there are Liz Cheney. Liz Cheney, I'm praying to God, sort of like I wanted to see Elizabeth Warren get abused as Liawatha and Pocahontas for a year by Donald Trump. I'm hoping Liz Cheney runs just so everybody can laugh at her for a few months. And yeah. the dark horse name I have on there is Glenn Youngkin. 
Ooh, the boy. only thing preventing me, preventing me from thinking that Youngkin will run is that he's only been in office for a year. So I don't think that this would fly. You know, first Republican governor in Virginia in a while, we're going to break and run for president right away. However, if he were given the rubber stamp of establishment approval and were the Republican nominee, he would almost certainly win the Electoral College. Because I think that Trump's 235 electoral votes are solid for any Republican now that yeah. Ohio, Iowa, and Florida have trended like they have. Then he would probably win his home state of Virginia for 13, and then the establishment figures in Arizona and Georgia would approve him carry those states as well. As for Governor DeSantis, I'm not confident that he's going to run. Because what? Trump can only... Trump can only hold office for one term, according to the 22nd Amendment. So if Trump wins in 2024, he can only be in office for one term. And then in 2028, it's wide open for DeSantis to run for the presidency without you, coming in conflict with Trump's base, which is the largest segment of the right politically. So I think that it's more advantageous for DeSantis to wait than it is for him to run out there right now. Okay, so I think you're probably right on DeSantis. Do you think that the rift between President Trump and DeSantis will will quell itself before the before the the primaries in 2024? Yeah, I think that DeSantis and Trump is no different. In fact, it's a lot more docile than Trump versus Cruz from 2016. Right. That was very very ugly. It cost Trump several points of margin of victory in Texas in 2016. It got personal. Wives got drug into it. I don't think that there's anything big beyond what our movement picks up on because we magnify everything. In fact, they were at the New Year's celebration at Mar-a-Lago the other day. You know, there were photos out of them. I, I don't think that that's a substantial political rift. I right. think that, that people on the left and on the anti-Trump right would like to make it into a bigger thing than it is. But in, in the world that travels, news travels at the speed of light, this is nothing, really. I don't think DeSantis will run. He is, regardless of who backs him, even if he's being groomed by establishment Republicans, he still has a great resume because of the success of Florida right now. Right. So, so, so let's, yeah, let's, let's finish out these off real quick, and then I have I have a question related to that. Okay. Now, point number nine ties back to number seven with the recall of Katie Hobbs. I believe that Carrie Lake is more likely than anyone to emerge as Trump's VP pick. By, this, by the end of this year. And I think for, for many reasons. Number one, there, there has been a little bit of talk about what about Trump DeSantis and are there any legal hurdles with both of these candidates being from the same state? Right. Well, we elect presidential tickets differently than we did back when that was penned. So I don't actually think that there is a, a battle to be held over that. But I think that, that with DeSantis being a very strong contender for 2028, yep. I think that that there's not many friends. Trump doesn't have many friends. And we always question some of the endorsements. Sometimes I, mean, I think they're strategic. McCarthy. Yeah, well, sometimes I think they're strategic, like David Perdue in Georgia. Like, of course, you and I supported Candace Taylor. Donald Trump probably thought that, well, I don't want Kemp accurately, so maybe Perdue has the best chance to win. But with... Uh, you know, a number of times, Trump will 100% make the right call on what the base wants because Lisa Murkowski's a snake. Now he's all over Mitch McConnell. But Carrie Lake is absolutely an ally, and she would have been impossible for this conversation six years ago. But since Trump won the presidency, outsiders can, and they can elevate themselves to positions of prominence like this. She is a contrast, but also very much like Trump. 
she's somebody who wasn't part of the, the right wing tribe. Yeah. You know, until recently, and and I that's another thing that frustrates me is that our side is often intolerant of allowing other people into the fold. I'm not saying you shouldn't look on people with a little bit of skepticism, but if we truly have a reawakening on our hands that we want to open the eyes of Americans, we have to allow people to change their minds. And Carrie Lake, 100%, I have personal anecdotes of what I know about Carrie Lake, and I'll share one now. Carrie Lake reads my substack, and she reaches out to me sometimes for questions and insight about elections. Right. So somebody that's going the extra mile to read and expand her knowledge of certain things and then ask questions about it doesn't seem like a fraud to me. Right. And she, of course, does not give up the election fight. She has been somebody who will absolutely crush somebody on a microphone. And I think that she is more likely than anyone else to be in the fold as Trump's VP. And also she's from political state in her corner. Yeah, so th- this is um, I. Y- this comes down to you said picks that President Trump has, and I know that I'm. I believe that Carrie Lake would be a great vice president candidate. By the way, um, she's definitely not establishment. I believe that she uh, has a lot to offer in that position. But we want to talk about things that that President Trump has endorsed. He inter- he endorsed um, Kevin as the speaker, and nearly a hundred percent of people out there don't want that. And real quick, guys, want to remind you of another one of our sponsors. Are the Biden administration's New Year's goals of tax and spend and turn a blind eye to inflation at odds with your goals of securing your savings? When you've finally had enough of the games government is playing with your savings and retirement, diversify into gold with Birch Gold. I'm tired of my money being impacted by stupid decisions by leaders in Washington. For over 5,000 years, gold has withstood inflation, geopolitical turmoil, and stock market crashes. And here's the great news. You can still get it. In fact, you can hold gold and silver in a tax shelter retirement account. Birch Gold makes it easy to convert an IRA or 401k into an IRA in precious metals. Here's what you need to do. Text the word DAILY, D-A-I-L-Y, to 989-898 to claim your free info kit on gold. With almost 20 years experience converting IRAs and 401ks into precious metals IRAs, Birch Gold can help you. Protect yourself with gold today by texting DAILY, D-A-I-L-Y, to the number 989-898. With an A-plus rating, with the Better Business Bureau, thousands of happy customers, and countless five-star reviews. Secure your future with gold. Start today with your free info kit. There's zero obligations to make this request. Just text DAILY, D-A-I-L-Y, to 989-898. Again, that's 989-898. Yeah, I, I can't make heads or tails of that. You know, McCarthy McCarthy's been recently dining with with Hunter Biden. Am I still on the feed, Joe? I appear to have been frozen. Yeah, again. you're 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 frozen. I don't know what's happening with your feed, but uh, pop out and pump back in again if you would, please. Okay. In the meantime, we do have a rumble rant from uh, Tonnet. It's please join me in Loveland for a candlelight v, uh, vigil. Sorry for the J Sixers on Friday. I uh, hear directly from Jay Sixers in the DC Gulag. Check out my flyer on True Social at TMT322. That's TMT. It's TMT. Yeah, it is. TMT322. Um, I, I, I do believe that uh, it'd be great to, I'm going to be in 
Gen I'll be in DC for January 6th. Otherwise, I'd be there. Uh, but thank you for that rumble rant. We have we have him back yet? Okay, bring him back in. So why? Yep. why? And, and also, Joe, uh, yeah. the 10th the point that I'll bring up corresponds to a slide that I sent to your producers here. If they want to pull that up, I can I can talk about it. Apollo yeah, says that they... Uh, pull the slide up. There you go. All right, so if we can zoom in on that a little bit, it's going to be it's going to be hard to read some of my text. But Joe Biden, the 10th point is I believe that it's not out of consideration for a serious discussion to come up to replace Joe Biden on the presidential ticket. Now he's going to be 82 years old by the time that presidential election rolls around. It's not that Trump yep. is much younger because he's going to be 78, but the difference between the two men is night and day cognitively right. in terms of energy. Trump is probably going to spend the next year and a half once people get done with the holidays. I wouldn't be surprised if he launches a nationwide campaign just to see what those crowds look like in Los Angeles or in New York City. Right. Now, this is my 2024 campaign map. The Trump Electoral College hand from 2020 is now worth 235 electoral votes, not 232. Okay. I believe they're I believe so the states that are in blue, those states are going to be blue no matter what. So New Jersey, I've got New Jersey as a five and a half point state right. in twenty twenty legitimately, but New Jersey will not be allowed to be won by Donald Trump. They have that state under lock and key in terms of outcome. The same thing is true in New York. It's supposed to be a five point state or closer, it's not going to be a Trump state. But the states that are in crimson. Those states will be Trump states no matter what. And that includes Florida, by the way. Florida is a solid Republican state. So but states so, are in blue. Go ahead. Okay, no, no, no. So I'm trying to, every time I talk, you come. your thing comes back on. This is why I'm saying right. I don't know what's happening with the feed, but I'm trying to make it so that I can, everyone can hear everything that you're saying. So you think right. that Texas could go, technically could go purple. So it could be Democrat? I think there are three states that Trump still won in 2020 that could be stolen in 2024. That would be North Carolina, Texas, yep. and Alaska. And Alaska because of ranked choice voting. Right. So that is something Sarah Palin found out the hard way, and so did Kelly Shabaka. So if Trump holds everything but Texas, Alaska, North Carolina, which of course would be a tragedy, Trump's going to win a minimum for 176 electoral college votes. Right. If Nebraska passes their winner-take-all bill, that's 177. So Trump's floor is 176 or 177, no less. And if he holds North Carolina, Texas, and Alaska, that's 235 or 236, depending on Nebraska. So okay. I'm assuming, I would expect with 90% likelihood, Trump is going to hold the 2020 map or 235 or 236, okay. which makes Georgia plus Pennsylvania is the shortest path to 270. Now, okay, that's but asking here's, a here's lot. the problem. We're talking about two of the most corrupt election systems in the country. You, you put uh, Wisconsin on top of that. You put Minnesota and Michigan on top of that. Um, I don't. If we don't get rid of the machines, I don't know how we do it. Keep going. Keep going. Because I, I think. Well, that, and I and I 100% agree with you. So as people now see it, we actually have uh, a. The, I think the fraudulent national election infrastructure relies on competition. So right. if the elections were 450 to to whatever the rest is, if the elections were 450 to 88, nobody would vote and they would move to the next solutions pretty quickly. Right. But because right. because Trump still had 232 votes and we're just uh, you know a few thousand here, a few thousand there in Arizona, Georgia, from having a different result, enough people 
move on. That's why the awakening is so important to continue to educate people about these basics on election manipulation. But because but, the, map but is, Seth, the map is very short. But Seth, they they've manufactured these elections. The three hundred thousand ballots, three hundred thousand votes in in Arizona is a real thing. Two hundred ninety-eight thousand ballots just came out of nowhere. And I think it, I believe it's more. I believe it's more than that. But and they're doing the counting with Runbeck, and the and the ballots go to Runbeck first. I I don't see a pathway if we don't get rid of the machines and mail in ballots. I don't see a pathway where we don't go down the same pathway that we saw happen in Brazil, the Bolsonaro deal. I think the single biggest thing that we can concentrate on in every state is getting rid of the machines and getting rid. And by the way, it would cost us seventy five percent less. It would cost us less money. Correct. Hey, go back to the slides and roll to the next right. slide down. Next slide. Roll to the next. Yep. So this is my ultimate strategy map. So right. we don't need, we don't, and, and I don't mean to discredit the efforts of anybody in a solid blue state or a solid red state. Right. But for, for 2024, we don't need Alabama's election integrity warriors fighting out Alabama. Alabama's going to Trump. They should be pushing down into Georgia. And likewise, look at Pennsylvania. It's surrounded by solid states, whether they're red or blue. Right. Pennsylvania, like if we have West Virginia move into southwestern PA and push all these counties on. I have, so by the way, fourforthecore.com. An eighth of the counties in the country have already signed up for my quick initial effort to assess these counties for four things. And that would be registrations, primitivity, that's getting rid of machines. Yep. Security, getting rid of drop boxes, and transparency, which is the way votes are reported. If we start pushing like this and putting our safe states into these purples, then we can double our efforts, triple our efforts, and make it possible to have a pathway. That's what we need is why it's so critical to have good things come out of these court rulings. Right. Because it's possible maybe Maricopa is going to have a hard time replicating its fraud in 2024. I mean, I'm sure it's not going to make them any less bold in doing so, but we know their tricks. So... If we can have from the safe states pushing into the, the battlegrounds, then we can give ourselves a fighting chance. Because we have right now, we have one year, nine months, until people start early voting in the presidential election. So we have a year right. to fight the fight of election integrity and do it the best we can, because there's no other option other than to quit. Well, there's there's no quit, but is there a pathway to get rid of the machines? I mean, we have some certain places that are getting rid of the machines. Can we have a universal, you know, learn the power of the word no and get rid of them? Georgia's elections in this past election were atrocious. North Carolina's were worse. Michigan's were absolutely abhorrent. Pennsylvania showed again that they, they were going to elect an invalid. We know that's not a true result. Uh, Virginia is going the, the, the opposite direction and going towards conservatives, yet it is pushed towards or we're led to believe that it's a non-conservative state. So, I mean, I just look at this and I go... Unless we get rid of voting machines, which, by the way, if it costs us 75% less, why wouldn't we? And why would we not count votes at the, at the uh, precinct level and, and, and show transparency to the American people? Well, you know the answer to that. Because if transparency were actually available to the voters and election integrity activists, then we would fully know the extent of the corruption of our elections. That's why. And that's why you vote into a black box. And that's why you have to trust the very fundamental belief of what it is to be American is that the government can't be trusted. So why is it that we trust the government to preserve its own spots in office by reporting to us what they say the vote totals are when it's very obvious 
based on especially what just happened in Maricopa County, who didn't involve Donald Trump at all. Right. That we can't that we can't trust them to allow for them. So do you really think an all mail in voting state is gonna count the votes and say, All right, we're not in power anymore, we're gonna leave. Right. No. Votes counted at the precinct level where the totals can be verified and sent forward is the only way that we're going to get around this. Transparency is the push. Well, transparency can only happen if we actually can get a hold of and be able to to count the the ballots as they come in. You cannot vote harder. And I don't understand, Seth, why we haven't gotten to that place where we recognize on our side of the aisle that the only thing that people want is fair, free, and transparent elections. Not the lies that they've been telling us, but we keep getting more and more lies, and it, it seems to just bear fruit for for the radical left uh, and the establishment, which I think are the same, by the way. I, I tend to agree. They, they all meet the same ends. Um, so I want to uh, uh, thank you for all that, by the way. I want to run through some things, get your thoughts on a couple things. Um, and I'm, we're, we're out of time, so I'm going to try and make this quick. But uh, yeah, I've only got a couple minutes left too. So yeah, so I want to just talk about some of the predictions that happened in 1923 for 2023. The first of which is, um, let's put up C1 if we can. The Beacon Journal makes the predictions about 2023 from 1923. The year 2023, the scientists tell us we'll see all men wearing flowing curly locks, and all the women will shave with shaven heads. We should worry. We won't be here. <laughs> Someone dreamed the other night that he was living in the year 2023 and people were going on strike because they only made $125 a day while the price of eggs had gone up to $10 a dozen. <laughs> By the way, it is $10 a dozen. By the year 2023, it said the women will be running all the business of the country. There won't be any business run to run by that time, judging by the way they are burning up gasoline in 2020 or 1923. Um, what a wealth of possessions this ruler had declared one scientist. Okay, I don't, I don't know all that stuff. I'll just take that down. I want to get through a couple of these things on the D block. Nostradamus had a prediction in 2023. It's a New York Post. Nostradamus predictions for 2023 and Antichrist arrives, World War III, and the monarchy dies. Um, we also had the uh, global warming boils the ocean, Nostradamus says in, in 1923. Buckingham Palace ablaze. And World War III and the Antichrist. And then we have Forbes and the just the, the modern 2023 predictions, Forbes 2023 predictions. We'll run through this really quick. Big five business trends in 2023, everyone must get ready for now. So 2022, number one, accelerated digital transformation. Number two, inflation and supply chain security. Three, sustainability. Uh, talking about the climate disaster uh, that is manufactured. Number four, immersive customer experience. They, they want us to go to the VR experience. And number five, the talent challenge. I wonder why you'd have a talent challenge when you're not teaching people how to read. I don't know how that could work. Seth, what do you think of this? I like yours better. Well, it's interesting because some of it's correct. People are making $125 a day. That's yeah. not even $50,000 a year. The problem is you're not allowed to keep 
enough of that. Right. Things have changed a lot in the workforce in the last 50 years, and feminism is behind a lot of that. And that's not me saying that women shouldn't work, but it is driven down. It's messed with supply and demand that once allowed for one person to earn a comfortable living for a family. So that that's true. Now, some of these are, are pretty easy predictions to make where they're not super specific. Now, World War Three. World War Three has been on the horizon since World War Two ended. We almost had it in 1948 with yeah. the Soviet Union. So, of course, we have Ukraine, and Ukraine's a big issue, and people still fail to, to miss the forest. They miss, they miss the forest for the trees. One year in Afghanistan was enough for me to turn from a neocon that thought we need to be the world's police yep. to understanding that putting a putting a battle axe out there to, to prefer the United States Army performing hearts and minds operations in Afghanistan, which was run by a warlord. That was enough to teach we are not going to be in policing no. So I don't support our government giving our tax dollars. We can't even run clean elections. I don't support our government propping that up. Right. He shows up in our house looking like he's at a football tailgate. Yeah. That was a national, national embarrassment. Yeah. <laughs> and yeah. To watch the Speaker of the House and the so called Vice President sitting there cheering Google. him on in our, our house. Right. So that was, you know, World War Three's always been on the horizon. I'm not sure what World War Three really looks like. I think a major theater war now would require the use of nuclear weapons, and I think that's why you don't see big giant nations going at each other anymore because of the policies of mutually assured destruction. But the, here's but, the problem. Here's the problem. And this, by the way, is in those books that you studied on, on strategy, is that when the United States starts playing a, a, you're building or going towards a proxy war using another nation to fight another big nation, uh, then the choices become very constrained on how Russia responds. Does it jump over um, Ukraine and hit the United States? Does it become more of a, uh, are we going to split the globe into two factions, which is strongly what's happened, what you could, you could strongly argue is what's happening right now. And how do you come back from that? And if it's not nuclear, what is it? And you start seeing some of the things that are happening where infiltration of governments and countries like we have in the United States uh, by these traders has become, you know, the the new warfare, the new world war warfare, I, I believe. Proxy war has been the way of warfare for 60 years. Talk yeah. about a lot my dad a lot about my dad's experiences in Vietnam. So the the question to me is how do we prevent that? The narrative about about going into the war on terror was if we don't fight them there. We're going to fight them here. Right. Well, guess how you avoid fighting them here? As you have common sense immigration law that keeps people out of your country who don't share your country's worldview. Right. And I think that, that filtering out people who are modern-day barbarians who think women should be stoned for learning how to read is a pretty good start. And I think that you would limit terrorism to individual lone wolf acts that happen once every few years, not a constant threat. The Taliban never was and is not an airborne brigade threat to land on right. seaboard large-scale operations. That was a lie sold to you by the neocon military-industrial complex. And that is very true, and almost every young 9-11, post-9-11 veteran sides with me on this, in that they went over there overseas. I was fortunate to have one yep. tour. A lot of my peers yep. that did six years have two or two and a half, and then a number of people, of course, that have served a whole career since 9-11 have five or six years cumulatively spent overseas. It has wrecked minds, lives, families, you name it. 
Well, I think that the, the we start talking about common sense immigration. That's why the border being so insecure over the last two years has has caused me to believe that this is a establishment idea. Because again, I, I go back to the the teachings of you know how do you win wars when people don't know there's a war happening, and you do that by creating chaos. Chaos favors the op, not the people. And so people have are in this place where they, they can't trust anything. They can't trust what happened on Twitter. Twitter's coming out and talking about this. They know that's happening on Facebook. They know that's happening on other platforms. And so there's a sense of distrust all the way around. And that distrust has gone down every level as it relates to us even fighting to get a resolution to election fraud. So as we see this, we know the chaos is being developed. Now the borders are open. Are those people that are going to do harm already here? Absolutely. And and who's going to do harm? Well, we have 60 years of leftists taking over every institution in the country, if not longer. So, yes, when, when people mentioned foreign and domestic in the oath, right. then they, they had a pretty wide view of that and, and one that was very wise because they experienced it before. So, yes, um, vigilance is what we have to have. Freedom is not something that just comes and, and preserves itself, and every generation has to fight for it. We fail to adapt, and I think that we're going to eventually get it together, or we're going to wind up in a, a position that's not not foreign for history. Right. Absolutely. Seth Keschel, 2023 is going to be a year I stand shoulder to shoulder with you. I do appreciate everything that you've done. I'll give you the final word, um, and then uh, I hope to have you back on for a, a uh, panel. And then you are going to be for working sure. on on some things going into 2023 so i know that our paths will cross again at events but uh, tell everyone how they can find you i'm at true social and telegram at at real s keschel i'm using truth more and more i think it's a more effective tool at this point in time but i'm on both of those platforms skeschel.substack.com but if you're listening to the show and you're wondering what do i do I'm from this small county in this state. Yeah. What do I do? How do I get involved? Go check out four F O U R for the core F O R T H C O R E four for the core.com. And you can sign up for your County. And I'm going to be putting out some updates probably today or tomorrow with video because we need everybody in every County, 3,143 County equivalents in the country to get an assessment of where their County or city or borough or parish stands on the elections. And we can, prioritize actions from there. So it's become apparent that we don't have the knowledge we need. So if you want to right. be called fourforthecore.com, it's not going to cost you any money or any time outside of going to these meetings to be, to do this. And we need your we need your help. And that's all oh. I've got. So I appreciate having me on. Hey, Seth, before you go, I'm going to pray for you, if that's okay. All right. And uh, what's your favorite Bible verse? Mine is Proverbs 21.31. Man prepares the horse for the day of battle, but victory rests with the Lord. Amen. You already know mine is uh, Galatians 4.16. And 4.16, am I the enemy because I tell you the truth? I didn't pick it because it was a short one, by the way. Galatians 4 is not short. But I'm going to pray for you for some strength. I know that you, uh, you know, that you've been in this fight for the last two years. I want to say thank you. I want to say thank you for the work that you've done, the leadership you betrayed, uh, betrayed and the work that you've done betrayed yeah and the and the work that you've done in order to create unity in the movement so thank you thanks buddy same to you right. i appreciate your work i'm gonna pray for you father god thank you for seth keschel thank you for his courage thank you for his heart father he's got a huge heart father thank you for his commitment to the battles to be won 
Thank you, Father, for the wisdom that you've given him and the discernment. Father, thank you for giving him the strength and the courage and the stamina to stand in this fight for so long. Father, please, if I, if I could ask for just one prayer for Seth, I would just ask you to calm his heart and allow him to have joy, allow him to have peace, allow him to be able to spend time with his children and to have balance in his life, Father. Help him, Father, that he may be able to see forward and align himself with a mission that allows for him to have happiness while he's fighting for and with the American people. Father, I would ask you to rise him up, give him a voice in 2023 that is even more powerful than the one he's had up till this point. Allow him to see the good work that has happened over the last two years and be encouraged by the work that others are doing and to join arm in arm with those people in creating success for the American people. Father, I believe that 2023 is a year of restoration. I believe that that's the thing that we should be pushing towards. So Father, I thank you for the opportunity to walk next to this man, Seth Keschel, and others. I thank you for the opportunity that you've given us. But Father, I would just ask that you push forward and give us all the tools that are necessary in order to restore you to our community and to expose the lies of the left and the establishment. Father, I would ask you to break the chains of those that would harness us and hold us back from protecting our children. And I would ask you, Father, to give men the strength to be able to stand up regardless of the consequences and protect our children, protect our society, protect our country, and protect our, our world, Father. Father, as we go about our daily, our, our daily activities, I would just ask that, that you infect the hearts of those that are listening. Give them not only hope, but give them the determination, give them the strength and the courage that they may carry on. They may become ambassadors of truth and speak truth. They may share truth at every turn. Not just know truth, but be able to speak it, Father. Give them the boldness. Give them the conviction to stand together and unify. I ask for all these things, Father, in the name of thy Son, Jesus Christ. Amen. Amen, Joe. Thank you, brother, for everything that you do. You too. You too. Keep up the good work. Appreciate you. All right. Take care. Seth Casual. Well, here we are. First podcast of 2023. We had Seth. We're going to have a bunch of guests on, and we're going to be doing a bunch of, uh, of reviews and groups and bring people together so that, so that we can actually work the problem together. So 2023 will be a year of bringing on guests. I heard somebody said something about this David Jose guy. I don't know who David Jose is. I will connect with David Jose just because I'm being asked to connect with David Jose. It sounds like he has more receipts. I hope they're not like, uh, what's that, Madison Marquette receipts. <laughs> um, but I will connect with him. And uh, maybe I'll have him on the podcast and he can talk to me about what he sees or does not see going into 2023. It looks like he's a successful real estate guy and is standing in the gap. Um, so I'll do everything I can to connect with with David Jose um, and see what uh, what kind of work we can get done together. Until then, till tonight at four o'clock, we'll be back on. We'll have some more guests on tonight as well. We'll, we'll start to release who the guests are probably around two o'clock. One of the things that we're going to get to is better at giving you an idea of what's happening um, and what the show is going to be about long beforehand, so you can make sure that you can join us. Um, with that said, remember, stand in the gap, no truth but speak that truth. Be an ambassador of truth and do not let them use. Here's the one thing I'm gonna say. Do not let them use your faith in Jesus against you. Do not let them be able to come out and say, oh, that's so Christian of you. 
I tell people often, I am not Jesus, I follow Jesus. And while vengeance belongs to the Lord, consequences as a tool for walking in faith and, and walking the walk and talking the talk is that sometimes you're gonna have to dole out consequences. I'll pray for them afterwards. But in the battle, we wanna destroy evil. We wanna destroy the demons that are trying to take our children and take our society. So just remember that they have no value. There is no value in their words and you cannot let it establish value in your life because it will slow you down and stop you from fighting evil. God bless you all. See you tonight at four o'clock. If you want to watch Conservative Daily Podcast, we go live Monday through Friday at 10 a.m. Mountain Time and 4 p.m. Mountain Time. You can find us live at conservative-daily.com, on Rumble, on Frank's Beach, where we go live on Lindell TV 2 at those same times, on DLive, and now on Odyssey. You can also find our episodes at brighteon.com. Make sure you also check out the link in the description to go to the Brighteon store and prepare you and your family with the awesome storable food and other products that they have there. You can find us on the audio edition at Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, Spotify, Pandora, iHeartRadio, TuneIn, Podbean, Audible, and everywhere else. Make sure you go and give us a five-star review and be that ambassador of truth. Share this episode with everyone who needs to hear it. Text the word FREEDOM to 89517 and we'll shoot you a text message when we're about to go live. Check out the description for our link to the daily newsletter so you get access to the fax blasts. We want to thank you for being a listener of Conservative Daily Podcast as we pursue truth and fight to restore our nation. We will continue to provide you with the most important information that the mainstream media will not show you. Now at conservative-daily.com, you have the option to become a member with us. Each membership option varies in access and discounts in regards to the ability to interact with the daily fax blasts, monthly savings, access to extra content, and interactions with the hosts and guests of the show. Go to conservative-daily.com and become a member right now for as little as $10 a month. Make sure you check out social media and find us everywhere at Conservative Daily and at Joel Oltman. We'll see you next time on Conservative Daily Podcast. It's time to do the hard work. Let's take our country back, patriots. God bless America.